mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, midwives have been around for centuries, literally centuries, and the profession has experienced a resurgence of interest in recent years. We'll take a closer look at the role of certified nurse midwives in the modern healthcare continuum. Also this morning, fair is fair, we also need to talk about the important issue of men's health, and specifically the tendency many men have to delay or avoid regular checkups. And retailers aren't waiting to roll out their early Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals, so we have an early look at some of the top picks for great holiday gifts. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Tuesday, November 14th, 2023. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Tuesday morning started here. AAA is out with its holiday travel forecast for Thanksgiving. More than 55 million Americans, they say, will travel 50 miles or more for Thanksgiving. That is an increase of a little more than 2% from last year. And the third highest forecast for the holiday since the uh, tracking forecast began back in 2000. So third highest. Most people will drive to their destinations. Nearly 2% more will be on the roads compared to last year. And 4.7 million travelers will fly. That is an increase of more than 6.5% compared to last Thanksgiving. So a lot of folks going to be traveling for the holiday. And by the way, speaking of Thanksgiving, um, for as long as there has been a Thanksgiving feast, there has been an uncle or two passed out in the recliner or on the couch following said feast. <laughs> right? You know that there's uh, there's always that one relative, that one family member who stuffs themselves, and then promptly falls asleep in front of the TV after the meal. When I was a kid, we always used to laugh at, uh, you know, Grandpa or the uncle or whoever uh, did that. Now I am that person that does that. But uh, anyway, for years, traditionally, have people have blamed tryptophan, which is an amino acid found in the Thanksgiving turkey for triggering the... Uh, the sleepiness that you get uh, following the meal. You have a big meal, you load up on turkey, it's tryptophan, which is used by the human body to make serotonin, which is one of the feel-good hormones that can calm and relax the body. But Morgan Fifner, she is a researcher who has a master's degree in nutrition, says the Thanksgiving bird gets a bad rap. Typically... She said your average portion of turkey is not enough to have a major impact on the amount of tryptophan and thus serotonin that your body produces. So it's not the turkey is what she's saying. Uh, She says, in fact, uh, many meats and other proteins have comparable amounts of tryptophan in them. And you don't blame your nap after a steak night uh, on, on the steak, right? So he says the uh, the turkey is the same thing. It's not the turkey. She said it's stuffing and everything else that you are gobbling up on Turkey Day. Uh, the typical American Thanksgiving meal is loaded with carbs and fat, and all of that releases 
a different chemical called CCK. There's a more uh, scientific name for it, but CCK for short. Um, That not only signals to your brain that you are full, but it also makes you feel sleepy. It is more directly tied to the sleepiness that you get following a big meal. Um, They believe it's the body's response to... uh, it makes you slow down so that your your body can digest the meal uh, better. And uh, so that's the culprit there. It's not the turkey. It's everything else that is uh, causing the sleepiness post-Thanksgiving. So don't blame the bird is what they're saying. Um, one, other th- one other thing that uh, happens uh, around Thanksgiving time. Maybe you don't fall asleep, but you have to make a trip to the the loo. 70% of Americans, according to a new survey, 70% of Americans say they spend more time in the bathroom during the holidays. (laughs) And this is because, according to the researchers here, this is because some of our favorite holiday foods can cause constipation. 44% of respondents say turkey gives them this issue. 45% say chocolate milk is the culprit. You have chocolate milk for Thanksgiving? That's what it says. Um, I have to say that's never been on our menu, but okay. Other stomach-clogging seasonal foods include pecan pie, potatoes, fudge, sugary candy, and stuffing. Not paying attention, according to Dr. Marjorie Marin, not not paying attention to how your body is processing holiday meals can leave you feeling uncomfortable. So listen to your body and take the necessary measures to prevent digestive discomfort before it happens. little uh, Thanksgiving meal advice uh, for you. Of course, after we get through Thanksgiving, then we segue right into Christmas. And I know a lot of folks have already done their Christmas decorating. My wife has done the exterior decorating uh, around the house because you want to do that before it gets really, really cold. And the weather has been pretty nice, so she's done all of the exterior decorating. We still have yet to do the indoor Christmas decorating, but a lot of people already have putting up their trees and so on. Uh, Speaking of the ubiquitous Christmas tree, apparently... Uh, If you are a fan of natural trees, uh, warning once again this year, just like last, that Christmas trees could be in short supply. This is a report from ABC News. Some Christmas tree farms uh, say that they won't be open this season. Shamrock Christmas tree farm owner Joe Shipman, I think he's from uh, New York, uh, tells ABC News that a major shipment of the most popular Fraser fir Christmas trees was canceled for his business. He's on Long Island. I knew it was New York somewhere, Long Island. Um, this uh, shipment of trees was canceled uh, for his business due to tree shortages. He said for the first time in 30 years, he's going to have to take this holiday season off. Uh, he said, uh, we didn't want to just open have a partial open and have people come in and be disappointed. So they said the right decision was to just close their Christmas tree lot this year um, and let the field get a little bit bigger 
to give them time to source trees for next year. So they, uh, and that's the good thing about a Christmas tree farm, an actual Christmas tree farm, is that one year, if you have to take one year off, it doesn't necessarily put you out of business because your trees continue to grow and, and all of that. But, um, yeah, the uh, another Christmas tree farm in uh, Louisiana said that they will be closed for the season because the farm suffered extensive damage due to drought and heat and the extreme weather over the past year. Uh, experts say several factors could be contributing to this, including uh, drought, the Canadian wildfires uh, playing a factor, and um, and also because you know this is one of those things where they have to predict a decade out what the demand is going to be because it takes about ten years to grow a tree that is the proper size for the Christmas celebration. So uh, ten years ago, if they didn't predict what demand would be for this year accurately enough, then that may be a problem as well. So number of factors uh, go into this, but so maybe a Christmas tree shortage, but uh, experts say there will be plenty of options. I don't know. How can you say that there's going to be a shortage and then say that there's going to be plenty of options? Because doesn't that mean there's not going to be a shortage? That's... I guess there's always plenty of options. You can always go with a fake tree, but uh, there you go. If you are a uh, Christmas tree fan, big news. A couple of other items here among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. A follow-up to a story that we had last week, I believe it was. Was it Thursday or Friday of last week? We had the uh, story that uh, Homer Simpson was going to stop choking his son Bart. That uh, they were doing away with that running gag that's been around for as long as the show has been on the air. And some people thought, you know, with Disney taking over the Fox Studios, um, they, you know, sent this edict down on high that that was not an appropriate gag and they didn't want to see it anymore. Well, apparently, we have a follow-up here. Apparently, that is not the case. And Homer Simpson is, in fact, going to continue strangling his son despite speculation that uh, he would uh, uh, discontinue the habit. So, <laughs> is that is that good news? Uh, I guess you could say that that is uh, good news. <laughs> Homer Simpson is going to continue to strangle his son. The show signaled a change uh, in a, a new episode in which Homer responds to someone commenting on his firm handshake, telling his wife, strangling the boy is paid off. Just kidding, I don't do that anymore. Times have changed. Uh, so that led to reports that um, Homer would not be uh, strangling his son anymore. But the show's co-creator tells People Magazine that nothing is getting tamed on the show. So uh, if you were concerned about this, uh, you can rest easy that uh, there will still be the gag of child abuse on The Simpsons. <laughs> Just kidding. You know it's a running gag. And uh, finally, here, among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day, and this is certainly worth knowing about, certainly worth talking about and highlighting here right out of the gate. I love this story. A California man by the name of Jim Walker, he's from San Diego, is going to be inducted into the National Blood Donation Hall of Fame today. Mr. Walker has been donating blood for more than 50 years and all told 
has donated more than 170 gallons of the red stuff. He says he started donating blood in 1968 when his wife was pregnant and anemic. And he quickly realized how many people need blood every day, including pregnant women, newborn babies, etc., etc. Every year, of course, blood centers across the country submit nominations for the National Blood Donation Hall of Fame. It is sponsored by uh, Fresenius Cobby, uh, the uh, global health care company. They choose the winners based on their commitment and passion to donating blood and or encouraging blood donations. Uh, so kudos to Jim Walker, San Diego, California, who's donated in his lifetime over the course of a half a century, 170 gallons of blood. Congratulations and way to go. There you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Tuesday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Plenty of sunshine expected today. A high in the mid-50s, mostly clear tonight, a low in the mid-30s. Leaf pickup is underway in the city of Finley. The city will be picking up leaves now through December 1st. City employees will collect leaves that have been placed in biodegradable paper bags at the curb. The city points out that plastic bags and loose leaves will not be picked up. Bagged leaves are to be placed by the curb. Limbs that are placed beside the bagged leaves will also be picked up. The limbs will be picked up separately from the leaves. The city says crews will be making several rounds throughout the city through December 1st. Get more on the city of Finley's leaf pickup in the story on our website. According to the Anti-Defamation League, Ohio is a top five state for hate crimes and related activity. State Representative Casey Weinstein, who is Jewish, introduced legislation that would create a hate crime division within the Attorney General's office. The Anti-Defamation League Center for Extremism documented 167 white supremacist events in 2022. Those events took place in 33 states, with Ohio being on the list for the third most active state. On the campus of Ohio State, Kevin Landers. The Buckeye State is once again partnering with a group to support food banks with donated venison. The Division of Wildlife says hunters who harvest a deer and would like to donate the venison to the farmers and hunters feeding the hungry program can bring it to one of 26 certified deer processing shops in Ohio. Each donated deer is provided to a verified charitable organization that offers food assistance and can provide around 200 meals. During the 2022-23 hunting season, the program coordinated the processing of over 1,100 deer donated by Ohio hunters. Eric Brown, ONN News. The 37th annual Blaze of Lights holiday celebration in downtown Bluffton is scheduled for Saturday, November 25th. The display and thousands of lights in the surrounding trees will be available for nightly viewing on the lawn of Bluffton Presbyterian Church on North Main Street from November 25th through January 1st. And the community will join in the Blaze spirit with numerous residential holiday light displays and folk art decorations. Get more on Bluffton's Blaze of Lights holiday celebration and the story on our website. And don't forget, you can always get more news online at WFIN.com. So now our cover story this morning. Midwives have been around for centuries, literally hundreds of years. The profession, though, has experienced something of a resurgence in interest in recent years. We are joined this morning by certified nurse midwife, Missy Moore, the Blanchard Valley Health System, to talk about the role of 
midwives in the modern healthcare continuum. And uh, Missy, thanks very much for uh, being with us uh, this Hi, morning. Chris. Thanks for having me. So, uh, again, this is not a, a new concept. I mean, midwives have been around, as we said, for literally hundreds of years. What First of all, what got you interested in this role? Because, like I said, it's it's something that uh, for a while you didn't really hear much about, and midwives kind of made a comeback in the last couple of decades. Yeah, as far as my interest in midwifery, I think we have to uh, kind of speak about uh, the type of midwife that I am first. So I am a certified nurse midwife, and there are a number of different types of midwives mm-hmm. in the world. Um Probably the midwife that most people are familiar with is the lay midwife, and that is the type of midwife that has been around for hundreds of years, dating back to biblical times even. Mm -hmm. Um, And so a certified nurse midwife, uh, the difference between my profession and their profession would be in my education um, and also the legal recognition that I have in the state to practice. Mm -hmm. So um, first and foremost, I am a nurse. I'm a certified nurse midwife. I went to nursing school and graduated with my degree in nursing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I fell into midwifery, I think um, probably started in nursing school. I fortunately just um, came in contact with a midwife who was a clinical instructor for me and um, just started asking questions and became very interested in it then. And she kind of formulated the remainder of my um, undergraduate clinical experience to shadow and be with other midwives. And I really fell in love at that at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so by the time I finished my undergraduate uh, degree, I would say that I knew that was something I wanted to do. And so then from uh, nursing school, um, we then require uh, um, certification and then also education through a graduate po- program. So then I went to wow. graduate school wow. so, for a few years. Yep. So quite a, an extensive uh, training background there, again, as opposed to the midwife that most of us think of when we yeah. think of midwives, yeah. who you know is a person who comes in and uh, assists with the labor and delivery of a baby in the home environment and, and, and so on. And midwives still do that, right? They but do. what what is your role? How is your role, as we said, in the healthcare continuum in the modern day, different or more... I guess, elaborate than that. Yeah, so um, within the state of Ohio, certified nurse midwives will only deliver in the hospital or within birth centers. So I deliver at Blanchard Valley Hospital. Okay. Lay midwives in our area cannot deliver in the hospital, and so they deliver in homes. So that's gotcha. a big, big distinction to make. Um, yeah. So my role would be uh, supporting and um, supporting people through labor and mm-hmm. delivering mostly low risk to normal um, vaginal deliveries at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also have clinic hours at our office. So I will see women across their lifespan um, with both um, OBGYN concerns and health needs. So, I, so are you a, I don't want to say a replacement for an OBGYN, but in the same sense as a nurse practitioner would be for a general practitioning doctor? Yeah, you know, I think that's probably a good word to use in some situations. Mm -hmm. So there are some things that I cannot do as a nurse midwife. And so I am not a surgeon. I'm unable to perform Mm C-sections. If a delivery would require assistance in the form of using um, forceps or vacuum for the delivery, that also falls on the physician. Um, So as far as my role, I really 
can manage from beginning to end most of our deliveries at the hospital. Mm -hmm. There are some high-risk patients that, um, because of those risk factors for their health, absolutely fall on the end of the obstetrics. Mm -hmm. And I would also just really like to point out that um, as certified nurse midwives in the hospital, we work so very closely with our obstetricians. I am communicating with them multiple times a day so that if we do have an unforeseen complication, that they are ready mm-hmm. to go should we need them. Uh, again, not unlike a nurse practitioner Absolutely. with uh, the relationship with a general uh, phys- general uh, physician. Um, so you mentioned that uh, some of the things that you do, uh, you you. Uh, work with women through the course of uh through the course of their care not just for maternity and and labor uh or is it strictly uh, related to that uh part of their care no i do provide OBGYN care so okay. i will see um anyone from pre-pubertal concerns mm-hmm. through their childbearing years. We do a lot of annual gynecologic exams, um, contraception um, conversations, um, and then we care for them and support them through menopausal years as well. So uh, is it is it a case, again, and I, I relate it because this is something we're more familiar with, I relate it to nurse practitioners with general uh, practitioners uh, and, and the relationship there and, and how it is similar and and different. Um, But I know in a lot of places, a lot of practices, nurse practitioners are there because there is a shortage of general practitioner doctors. Is that the case with uh, a shortage? I mean, do you primarily, uh, I don't want to say have a job, but is your role simply to pick up the site because there aren't enough OBGYNs? Or is it a case of just some people are more comfortable with a uh, certified nurse midwife than they would be with a traditional OBGYN? Mm, I think the answer to that is probably both. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of uh, people are um, coming out of medical school now and really wanting that work-life balance. And mm-hmm. obstetrics is <laughs> a field where um, sometimes that's hard because babies come. You at- can get called at any time. <laughs> <laughs> they, they come at any time. Um, and so uh, people in our profession are certainly very passionate about our profession in order right. to be pulled from a nice warm bed mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. To take or in the people. middle of a holiday yeah, uh, celebration, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So I think, you know, back when I became a midwife, which has been a few years now, I don't know that there really was a shortage. It truly just was a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I would I would say the answer to that question is both. Yeah. And I do have, you know, training both as a, so I have certification both as a certified nurse midwife and I am also a women's health nurse practitioner. So I do. And we so have, you have that. Yes, we have nurse practitioners so, in our office as well. And mm-hmm. so that is the piece um, that is the nurse practitioner piece of it. And then the certified nurse midwifery piece of it is that certification, that training, that experience that allows me to be there and catch those babies and be with people through labor and delivery. Uh, it, it, it sounds, I, I mean, you can tell just uh, to hear you talk about it, that you have a, uh, a deep passion uh, for this uh, this work. If someone would be interested in uh, seeing you or seeing a certified nurse midwife, um, is that, 
I mean, you don't need a, a, a recommendation or a, a referral or anything uh, like that. For, Absolutely for that. not. We are always taking new patients. Mm-hmm. Um, my office is on South Main, right across from the hospital. It's Blanchard Valley OBGYN. And mm-hmm. um, we do have some midwives that will actually see patients in Bluffton. And we are ever trying to branch out to surrounding areas like Ottawa as well. So um, if you want to come see a certified nurse midwife, uh, we will take you. We are always taking new patients. We've got a link up on our webpage uh for the uh, midwifery is that the uh, that is the word that's yes. the word okay uh area of uh, blanchard valley health system and uh, again a certified nurse midwife missy moore is with us this morning uh, talking about the uh the new um i guess practice of a very old uh profession in the uh, medical field really fascinating stuff missy thanks very much for dropping by we appreciate thank it. you so much So we were just talking about the role of midwives in modern modern day women's health care. Obviously, we want to make sure that we give equal time here. I want to play favorites. So let's speak to men this morning to your health. Dr. Amy Perlman is with us. She is a board certified urologist and men's health expert who is on a mission this Movember to raise awareness of men's health issues and empower us guys to become advocates for our own health and wellness, both for our own sake and for the sake of our families. And uh, Dr. Perlman, thanks for taking the time this morning. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. And you're right. I am on a mission. (laughs) So I thought this was kind of interesting. A uh, Cleveland Clinic study uh, released just uh, not all that long ago, earlier this year, said 44% of men say that they do not get regular health screenings. Why is it that men are so reluctant to visit the doctor and get those screenings? Men's health concerns are still so taboo, and part of my mission, especially in the month of November, is to start normalizing these conversations, and you would think even in 2023, why aren't we talking about these concerns more, so we even have to do a better job? There was another study, you mentioned a study, I'm going to mention another one that I find interesting out of the Cleveland Clinic, that 72% of men said they would rather be doing household chores, like cleaning toilets, than going to see someone like me as a doctor. (laughs) And 65% said they would avoid going to the doctor as long as possible. So all of this data are consistent. Now, I know in my practice, Seeing, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know that this is uh, that this is serious when uh, men would rather do chores around the house than visit the doctor. That's really saying <laughs> something right there. Yeah, absolutely. It was a very interesting study. <laughs> and I know that within my practice that, yes, there are definitely barriers to seeking help in the healthcare system when it comes to men and women. But men tend to have issues when it comes to these embarrassing concerns more than women do. And that oftentimes is a barrier to them even calling a doctor's office, putting it off, or even skipping their visit. But the thing is, the why it matters is that putting off these healthcare visits can lead to these conditions getting worse, conditions that we can easily prevent and or treat. So we have to figure out a way. We got to get creative here to find a way to get men plugged into this healthcare system 
sooner rather than later. Okay, so a couple of questions that come out of that. Number one, what are some of the top health issues for men uh, and, and how best to address them? Some of the top issues that impact men are actually similar ones that impact women as well. That includes heart disease, various types of cancers, depression, but men also have these unique health issues like Peyronie's disease, which can actually affect up to one in 10. And so, you know, when it comes to prevention or or treating a lot of these concerns, it really starts with a foundation, the foundation of using food as medicine, exercise as medicine. So going into like this holiday time where oftentimes families are coming together, I think that's an opportunity for like the entire family unit to say, let's go on a walk. Let's move our bodies. Let's see what we can do as a unit to get healthier because every single lifestyle behavior that will help a man get healthier will also help everyone in that man's family get healthier. It's yeah. really all the same method. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the other question based on what you were talking about earlier, if embarrassment is one of the uh, hurdles that you have to get over, first of all, I don't understand why, you know, something like heart disease would cause embarrassment. I I understand that there are probably some other conditions uh, that might be a little bit more embarrassing to talk about. How do you overcome that? What advice do you have for men who uh, feel that way? So I think it's a very foundation. It's really just thinking back to basic anatomy. Every part of the body that functions or may not function is just another body part. And, you know, you mentioned the heart and why would someone, you know, be nervous about bringing up a heart condition? Well, it's just, it's a problem that someone has to admit that he has. Yeah. It's a call that someone has to make when the person on the other line says, what's your issue? What's your concern? That person has to, you know, verbalize those words. And oftentimes we don't give the guy the words to actually verbalize his concerns. So for whatever reason, some guys are very open and honest about concerns that other people would say, oh, my gosh, I can't believe he mentioned that at the dinner table. It just varies depending on his comfort level. Yeah. Uh, So a couple of things, again, uh, to help spread the message and get the word out and and remove some of this stigma and embarrassment and and, and so on. Uh, For Movember, you are asking men to grow a mustache as sort of a symbolic way of spreading the message, right? Absolutely. It's, you know, a fun way of breaking down this stigma. Movember is all about raising awareness and funds to support men's health. And what better way to do that than to grow out a mustache and take some pictures. <laughs> there you go. And also, and I think this is very important, you also talk about the importance of empowering women to help their men uh, and, and support them in getting these screenings, getting these checkups, getting to the doctor and overcoming those fears. Absolutely. As women, we have this incredible role in men's health. And, and for me as a urologist, you know, I have, I have that role as well. And it's all about, you know, this notion of healthier men lead to a healthier world. So when it comes to the role of a woman in men's health, oftentimes women are more likely to visit the doctor. So we tend to have more experience navigating that healthcare system. And I also find that men who end up seeing someone like me or one of my colleagues in a healthcare office, it's oftentimes because their partner encouraged them to seek treatment. (laughs) So for the partners out there, those of you, 
Um, this isn't about adding to your mental load because trust me, I know we already have so many other things on our to-do list. But let me tell you what it is about. It's supporting the important men in our lives, whether it's our husband, our partner, our brother, our son, our father, our uncle, or just a friend of ours who means a lot to us. It's allowing him to know that he can rely on us to understand as he is working to prioritize his health. So if we know someone, a guy who's silently suffering, we got to figure out a creative way to encourage them to find a specialist, even if they just have a question, even if they don't even have a problem. I have to chuckle a little bit uh, because when it comes to my wife uh, getting me to do something that I don't necessarily want to do, uh, encouragement is one word that you could use. Um, I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm not sure that's the most accurate, but I, I get what you're saying. Uh, again, <laughs> Dr. Dr. Amy Perlman is a board-certified urologist and men's health expert, uh, encouraging men to uh, take control of their health and wellness issues uh, this November, uh, again, for your own sake and for that of the folks that you love. And where do folks get more information? There are a lot of great resources online, and I encourage you all to check out the website, Talk About pd.com for more information. Dr. Amy Perlman, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day. Information that makes a difference. Good mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Now, this is a story, uh, if, uh, if you are a construction worker and you have ever accidentally left your tools at a work site, or maybe even you don't even have to be a construction worker. If uh, maybe you've uh, helped a friend with a, uh, a project and forgotten one of your tools uh, at your friend's house uh, afterwards, you can probably relate to this. Uh <laughs> Apparently, some NASA astronauts lost a tool bag worth $100,000 during a spacewalk earlier this month. This according to a statement from NASA. Uh, The white satchel can now be seen orbiting the Earth. (laughs) If you have a telescope or a a good pair of binoculars, you can actually see (laughs) this tool bag floating along in outer space. That was left behind by the astronauts during one of their spacewalks. It's hovering about 200 miles above planet Earth. Um, apparently, Jasmine Mobelli and Laurel O'Hara uh, were uh, doing a maintenance spacewalk at the International Space Station when basically the bag floated away and they couldn't reach it. <laughs> It would, uh, the bag eluded the astronauts, and they had to just let it go. A $100,000 tool bag <laughs> stop floating in space. Uh, according to press reports, the uh, according to the astronomy website EarthSky, the uh, tool bag, which is orbiting in the sky, is just ahead of the space station, uh, shining just below the limit of visibility to the unaided eye where it could be seen with minimal help. So a a telescope or a good set of binoculars, if you know where you're looking, you can actually see the tool bag right there next to the International Space Station. 
Now, if you're worried that uh, these tools floating out in space could, uh, you know, fall to Earth and land land on someone's head or something like that, experts say there is no chance of that happening. The tool bag is expected to remain in orbit for a few more months where it will gradually fall back to Earth, but it will uh, disintegrate when it reaches the heat of the Earth's atmosphere. It'll burn up. Uh, the tool bag should meet its fiery fate sometime in March. <laughs> in the meantime, the tool bag has officially been cataloged as space junk. It was uh, last seen on Sunday by a Japanese astronaut Satoshi Furukawa floating over Mount Fuji. <laughs> they lost a tool bag out in outer space. Yeah, again, if you've ever, you know, lost your hammer, misplaced your hammer, or forgotten it at a friend's house, loaned it and never got it back, you know the struggle is real. <laughs> Elsewhere in the uh, broken news, a Delaware man is facing charges of vehicular assault after he confronted his ex-wife after he saw her... Well, let's try that again. A Delaware man is facing charges of vehicular assault for confronting his ex-wife after he saw her talking with some construction workers. Uh, 40-year-old Moises Espinoza Saldivar uh, first confronted his ex-wife, which, you know, that's bad enough, but then he attempted to run the guys who had been talking to her. He tried to run them over with his van. Don't talk to my wife, even though it's an ex-wife. Uh, two of the men managed to jump out of the way, but a third was pinned between the van and a deck had to be airlifted to the hospital and treated for serious injuries. Fortunately, it looks like he will recover, but uh, was seriously hurt. Uh, troopers who arrested Mr. Espinoza say he showed signs of impairment and smelled of alcohol. A body bottle of whiskey was found in his pocket. So, be some intoxicating substances involved. Uh, in the accident. But I saw that story and I thought, man, uh, Will Smith slapping Chris Rock on the stage of the Oscars seems very tame by comparison. <laughs> you know, I mean, this is really taking it uh, to an extreme. Don't talk to my wife. In the complete opposite of that story, in Dunedin, Florida, a woman is arrested for having a naked romp with her lover. On a public causeway in front of onlookers. <laughs> she explained to police that it was always a dream of hers. While her male companion showed zero remorse, according to court records. Uh, cops responded to multiple 911 calls. Finding uh, Sarah Fizikas and Robert Clark uh, having um, intimate relations while unclothed in the presence of the general public on the causeway, Dunedin, Florida. Um, besides an indecent exposure count, Ms. Fizikas was slapped with a felony narcotics charge after cops found uh, pills inside of her purse. She uh, is out on bail. Mr. Clark... Um, has been in trouble with the law, showed zero remorse 
uh, that uh, there had been witnesses, including juveniles, to uh, this act. Uh, He tried to argue that the children should be at home and not on the causeway. Well, okay. (laughs) Still can't do that. (laughs) All righty then. Now, this is how you know you are having a bad day. Uh, This story out of Portland, Oregon. Uh, A man had to be hospitalized with non-life-threatening injuries after uh, crashing his McLaren 720S, which is a supercar. McLaren 720S is a supercar worth around $300,000. He crashed it into a building on Sunday morning. (laughs) I don't think he was on his way to church. He was... Uh, Well, it was worth $300,000, and at least it was, before it slammed into the building. Uh, Police say that uh, he was alone in the car at the time. He will be fine, but (laughs) his car uh, will not be. It doesn't say whether he is facing charges or whether losing a $300,000 car is punishment enough, you know? And finally, in the broken news this morning. (laughs) Uh, this is uh, one of those stories that sounded like a good idea at the time. A Texas man thought he could pull a fast one on the game warden by confidently letting the warden search his vehicle for drugs all while he was holding a cup filled with methamphetamine. (laughs) So... The uh, game warden wants to search his uh, vehicle for drugs. He's like, yeah, sure, go ahead. He's holding, knowing that he's holding a cup full of the drugs with him. He's holding his mug full of drugs. Uh, The uh, driver's cool demeanor quickly changed, however, when the warden asked to take a look at the drink in his hand. Whoops! Eventually, the driver handed him the mug uh, that was found to contain... Five grams of a substance that tested positive for meth. The uh, driver was immediately arrested. Thought you could pull a fast one. Sure, you can search my vehicle. No drugs in there. Ah, but there were drugs in the mug. There you go. That is uh, today's broken (laughs) news report. An update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. When the rumors are flying, getting the facts matters more than ever. At WFIN, we're your trusted source and will always present the story only after verifying the information with trusted sources. This is WFIN News Director Matt Demchek. Trust in us to present just the facts when covering events impacting Finley and Hancock County. You can depend on us to get the story right every time on social media, 1330 WFIN, WFIN WFIN.com, and at 95.5 FM. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. If it seems like it's been a while since you hung out with your friends, you are not wrong. A new survey finds a concerning decline in face-to-face socialization. The average average person spending a mere four hours per month engaging with their friends. Four hours a month, that's it. That's like an hour a week. Engaging with their friends. Um, Generally, it says, uh, according to the survey, we meet up only twice uh, during any 
30-day period. So a couple of hours, a couple of weeks out of the month. Uh, once every, A couple of hours every other week is basically what it uh, amounts to. The poll of 2,000 adults highlights a noteworthy shift in social dynamics, they say, as 27% of participants reported spending less time with friends this year compared to last year. Uh, the uh, survey goes on to break this down by age group. Millennials between the ages of 25 to 34 appear to be most affected by this trend. 37% of millennials struggle to carve out time for socializing. Um, 33% of those between the ages of 35 to 44. So uh, until you reach your mid-40s, you really struggle with this. In contrast, Generation Z, um, which actually are 18 to 24-year-olds, stands out as the exception. 36% of younger people have increased their time spent with friends this year. So maybe there's hope. The primary obstacles that prevent increased social interaction include, and how many of these apply to you if you kind of see yourself in this data here. So uh, physical distance, you just live too far away to socialize with your friends. 36% said physical distance is an obstacle. 35% cite demanding work schedules, which is kind of interesting because again, during the pandemic, it was all about rediscovering work-life balance and having time for what's really important. And you would think friends would fall into that category, but 35% still say demanding work schedules keep them from seeing their friends socializing with their friends as often as they would like, as often as they should. 33% cite family commitments. Uh, those are the uh, top three obstacles preventing increased social interaction. Over half of respondents with children under 18 spend just one collective hour per week socializing with friends. You have kids, that takes up all your time. 35% of those with kids under the age of 18 manage to meet up with friends only once a month. However, with the holiday season approaching, and this is why we bring this up, the holidays are coming, this is a time to uh, reconnect with uh, people, not just in our family, but with our friends as well. With the holiday season approaching, a shift is anticipated. 31% express a commitment to spending quality time with friends at least three times a week. Now, again, the holiday season can be crazy, so I don't know... We'll actually be able to increase the amount of socialization that much. I think that's probably an overestimation, a very uh, optimistic outlook. But uh, at least we see that we need to socialize more with our friends, and we seem to be dedicated to trying to do that as the holiday season approaches. Uh, Most notably here, Parents seem particularly motivated to increase time spent with friends. 40% plan to increase their social interactions. Uh, and for them, even two moments during the month, as opposed to just one, would be a blessing. So I guess that's the upside is when you uh, are starting from such a place where you've had very little interaction with friends. Uh, any increase is good, and it doesn't take much uh, to uh, increase your interaction with your friends. Just something to think about as we come up on the uh, holiday season. 
Well, once again, this year, retailers are not waiting until Black Friday or Cyber Monday to roll out the Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals. And that is because we're expecting a huge amount of spending this year. Last year, I think it was somewhere around $9 billion that was spent on holiday shopping. Mm -hmm. This year, it's supposed to be even more. Joining us this morning with her early holiday shopping Black Friday Cyber Monday picks is Emmy Award-winning consumer technology columnist Jennifer Jolly. Jennifer, where do we start here? So many places. Where do you want to begin? Well, let's start with one of the hottest handsets of the year. This is Samsung's Galaxy Z Flip 5. This is that retro, fab, future-proof, powerful, thin, durable, foldable phone. You just fold it in half and it tucks right into your front pocket or a little teeny tiny holiday purse. And then the entire front of the device becomes a touchscreen window that lets you capture photos and videos, interact with widgets right from that little folded in half device. It is so cool. You can snag their Black Friday and Cyber Monday specials at Samsung.com. And while you're there, you might as well grab a smart tag too, or well, four, six, seven of them <laughs> because the little tracker, trackers add protection to your devices for just $30. They make great stocking stuffers. Speaking of protection, this is a great gift and also great for us with all of the uh, stuff that we're ordering online this year to keep everything safe. Yeah, Rings Video Doorbell and Indoor Cam 2, the second-gen bundle, both devices have motion detection and two-way talk. So you can see, hear, and speak to people at your front door, really from anywhere you happen to be in the world. You can also see across entire rooms at one glance with the new indoor cam. And starting November 13th, the Ring Security Essentials Bundle is just $80 for Black Friday and Cyber Monday. That is half price, a 50% discount. It's hard to beat that. Yeah, absolutely. And again, not just uh, as gifts for yourself, whatever it might happen to be, everybody uh, could use one of those. You have a great deal for kids this year. Yeah, you know, I review thousands of gadgets every year, and this is one I talked about earlier in the year, and it keeps coming back to mind for me. It's called the StoryPod. It's a screen-free, interactive, educational audio player, and I love that, you know, with how many kids, young kids, you know, under the age of two, they're just totally zoned out with these screens these days. It's like that that magnetic pull just sucks them in and doesn't let them loose, so I love that this is a way that kids can engage and interact with characters, stories, games, music, and more without a screen. But the feature I love the most is that you can record your own personal messages and they can play it on the device. Your family and your friends can do this. And you have these cherished memories, incredible, you know, ideas and their own voice. I just yeah. love that it gets captured forever. And at just under $100, this is StoryPod's biggest sale of the year as well. Yeah, uh, that is a really uh, terrific item. And uh, I know we're kind of uh, jumping around here back to the idea of safety and security. We were talking the other day about cyber scams and the con artists are uh, not waiting around until Black Friday and Cyber Monday either. How do you make sure that you don't become a victim this holiday season. Well, another tech tool that I reviewed and 
talked a lot about earlier this year, and the not-so-merry and bright statistic here, one in every three people lost money to cyber scams last year. So Mm. a quick fix for that, McAfee's Plus advanced plan gives you comprehensive privacy, identity, and device protection. It even includes AI, artificial intelligence-powered scam protection that detects and blocks text message scams in real time, giving you one less thing to worry about, and it is a whopping 65% 65% off, just $90, down from 200 now through December 7th. Uh, so definitely something to check out. The other thing uh, that is the big question this time of year, uh, so much hype around all of the holiday sales, and some deals are really good deals, some deals maybe not so much. How do you know that you are actually getting the deal that you think you are getting? Well, instead of going to clip coupons and relying on commercials with a lot of marketing hype, just go to slickdeals.com. That's where you start your shopping and you can set up deal alerts. Uh, that's for a community of 12 million smart shoppers vet and vote on the very best deals. These guys know the difference between a spectacular sale or a disappointing dupe. You can find deals on everything from toys to electronics at top retailers. Just go to slickdeals.com. And to find out more about everything I talked about here and all kinds of tips and tricks to save, 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 go to my website at techish.com. She is Emmy Award-winning consumer tech columnist Jennifer Jolly. We'll be back tomorrow with uh, a second installment, second half of that early holiday shopping guide. Jennifer, thanks very much for uh, taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage, and that, of course, goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, over $74 billion worth of holiday package deliveries will be left on people's doorsteps this season. We'll tell you how to make sure your packages don't become a victim of porch pirates. Plus, Medicare gets all the attention, but there is another enrollment deadline looming for those who purchase low-cost medical insurance through the healthcare.gov exchange. We'll tell you what you need to know. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.